We did the procession down 113, down Tallman, down California. We saw friends. We saw neighbors. We saw some of his old patients. We saw people make the sign of the cross as the hearse went by. I said to the funeral director, because I was in the hearse, and I said, Mike, slow down, slow down. I want to take it all in. I want to take in every face. I didn't want this procession to end. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. As we continue to hear things in the news that challenge us, it might feel like we're in the darkness. But have peace remembering good news always finds its way, even if that way isn't what we envisioned or expected. So during this Holy Week, Father Hurley charges us to continue to find creative ways to bring the hope to those around us because our family members, our neighbors, our friends, and the world needs it. I have to admit that as I stand here today uh, in this uh, empty church with the exception of just a few of us, uh, I really miss you. Um, I miss seeing your faces. Um, I miss uh, being out on Displane Street here in front of Old St. Patrick's uh, with you. Uh, I miss smiles. I miss the conversations out there. Um, I just miss you, and I know that we miss one another. And I know that it's not just me, but I know it's all of us. Uh, this time of uh, social distancing and this time of isolation uh, is really tough, and we know this. Um, but I just want to say that, that I miss you and I, I miss being around you. Um, it was bad enough that there was no uh, parade. There was no St. Patrick's Day parade. I know that a couple of Sundays ago, if you were tuned in, I did the best that I could, being the Grand Marshal of trying to have at least some semblance of a parade around this sanctuary. But let's face it, it wasn't the same. I miss the fact that we didn't have a parade. And you might have noticed today that on this Palm Sunday, um, something else was different. Uh, we didn't begin Palm Sunday the way in which we normally should begin. Uh, the way in which Palm Sunday normally begins is with a procession, a parade, if you will. And it begins with a parade or procession uh, of palms. And if we look in that big red book, it says there's all sorts of different variations of the procession. It can be more glamorous. It can be very formal. It can happen outside of the church and you process into the church. The past few years, we've started in the balcony of this church and we've processed down and we've blessed the branches. It can be a simple form, if you will. But I suppose because of these unprecedented times, we've had to make all sorts of ritual and liturgical audibles, if you will. So no procession, no palms, at least except for the artificial ones that we were able to dig out. But I miss it. No parade. No procession of palms. There won't be any Eucharistic procession on Holy Thursday either. There won't be any, if you will, procession or way of the cross on Good Friday. And yet, we're people who appreciate this ritual. We appreciate not only processions, but parades. We appreciate seeing one another. We appreciate walking with one another. Well, I suppose in some ways we could say there's no procession, but there will be a procession. Holy Week is still going to process forward. 
The risen one is still going to walk with us. The risen one is still going to see us. The risen one will see us in our isolation. The risen one will process with us in our own social distancing. The risen one will continue to see us in our sorrow, in our suffering, in our failures and our betrayals. The risen one will see us in our joy. And the risen one will continue to process with us even through the gift of technology. When I think about processions, I think about a couple weeks ago, and I think about with my dad. Again, like many families today, we weren't able to have the traditional funeral rituals that we wish we could have had and that my father and so many others in this world so rightly deserve. But we did the best we could. And I'm very grateful because of my friends here and my colleagues and your generosity to have allowed us to use live streaming and to allow his funeral to at least be made possible for those of you uh, tuning in on that day. But one of the things I said at the end of the funeral is that we are going to have a procession. It's going to be different. And we went to my family home. Because a lot of times, especially in Irish Catholic funerals, one of the things that you would do after leaving the church is you would pass the house and pass the house of the one who died. So what we arranged is with the funeral director and with my siblings and my mom is we said in a half hour we'll leave old St. Patrick's and we'll go meet at the house at our home on the south side of Chicago. And so there we went. And when we got there to our street, people were already gathered and our friends from St. Cajetan and the wonderful principal, Michelle Nietzsche, my dear friend, she had put flags of the St. Cajetan colors, five of them, in our front lawn. And there we began the procession. And the way of the procession that we took was the way that my dad used to drive every day from our house to Little Company of Mary Hospital. He'd go down 113th Street to Tallman, and then Tallman all the way down to 103rd, and then 103rd over to California, then California all the way down to 95th Street to his place of Little Company of Mary. Well, we had put it out on social media that we were going to do this procession, but to honor the requirements of social distance, to not get any closer than six feet, and so people did that. But what was so beautiful for us, despite the fact that we're isolated and we didn't have all the traditional rituals that we would have loved to have had for our dad, we did the procession. Down 113th, down Tallman, down California. We saw friends. We saw neighbors. We saw some of his old patients. We saw people that we didn't even know and they stood there and they put their hand over their heart. He wasn't in the military, but something to do out of reverence. Saw some gentlemen take off their hats. We saw people make the sign of the cross as the hearse went by. My nephew is a firefighter and his colleagues were out there and with a fire truck and standing at attention. Another nephew is a Chicago police officer and so grateful for those in blue who were out there saluting and honoring. When we finally got to Little Company of Mary, even in the midst of these times, so many of the nurses and doctors and employees came out 
to honor my dad, the sisters of the little company of Mary, all of them standing there with their hands in the shape of a heart, sending their love to my dad. I said to the funeral director, because I was in the hearse, and I said, Mike, slow down, slow down. I want to take it all in. I want to take in every face. I want to take in every gesture. I didn't want this procession to end because it was a procession of solidarity, a procession of love, a procession of people being with people at a social distance, but intimately connected. And it was such a blessing and such a beauty. I believe on this day as we begin Holy Week that we are in this holy procession together. And whether it's through social media or whether it's just being out on a walk, whether perhaps it's being at a store at a social distance, we look at each other differently. We look at each other with the eyes of mercy, with the eyes of we need one another, with the eyes of those who are struggling, with the eyes of those who are in the in their homes and looking out the window, we're with one another. It's a holy procession. And it is a procession that will lead us to glory. As we gather on this day, there's still a procession. The Holy One walks with us. The Holy One looks into our eyes. The Holy One looks into our hearts. The Holy One knows that we're struggling. The Holy One knows that this is not easy. The Holy One walks with those who are on the front lines and first responders from those who put uniforms on and those who put scrubs on. The Holy One is with families. The Holy One is processing up and down the hallways of nursing homes and hospitals and places where there can be no visitors. The Holy One walks with us. The Holy One walks and processes the way of the cross but leads us to the place of glory. You know, I've been staying uh, these past number of days just staying with my mom and keeping her company and she's keeping me company and with our caregiver, Yvette, and um, some of my siblings that often pop in. But um, obviously I'm back in the hood. I'm back where I, where I grew up and some of the people know that I'm there. And so I got a text uh, over a week ago uh, from a friend because his father-in-law was dying and they brought him home on hospice. And is there any way that you could come over to anoint him? I didn't even have my Roman collar. I, luckily, I had my oils in my car. And I said, I can't really go into the house because of all the circumstances and restrictions of today because I'm staying with my mom and uh, I don't want anything to happen. And so what I could do, though, is I could come and I could stand outside the house and so I grabbed my oils and on Monday I went over just a couple of blocks away from our home and Frank Maloney, the great Frank Maloney, this great member of Mount Carmel and Michigan, University of Michigan, and a, once a coach of Syracuse and was the longtime director of tickets for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, there Frank was preparing to meet the Lord. And I stood outside his window and they opened up the windows and the blinds and Frank was there in the bed. I sent my oils in through Anise and she brought the oils in to Frank's wife, Kathy. And we said some prayers and then I just instructed Kathy. I said, okay, Kathy, 
Now anoint Frank's head, his forehead. And I said the words that we often say. Through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy watch over you, Frank. And then I said, now, now anoint his hands. And I said, Frank, may your hands, the hands of love, the hands that coached, the hands that prayed, the hands that loved your family into life, may your hands be blessed. And may your hands soon reach out and feel the beautiful hands, the loving hands of our God and Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And a few hours later, Frank went home to the Lord. But it was a very interesting, strange, yet beautiful and sacred way of anointing and being with people, even at a distance, through a window. A guy in the neighborhood texted me and said, I heard you anointed Frank. And this went, person went on, Rick went on in his text and said, the good news always finds its way. And it was such a beautiful line. And I thought to myself, Jesus was always processing. Processing down those little towns around the Sea of Galilee. Processing into homes. Processing in, into where the sick live. Processing and walking with those who were lepers and those who were on the margins. Processing and being with those who were tax collectors and cheaters and prostitutes and people that nobody else wanted to have anything to do with. Processing with those who were struggling. Processing and bringing good news, the good news of mercy, the good news of love, because as Rick said so beautifully, the good news always finds its way. As we gather on this Palm Sunday, may the good news of Holy Week, may the good news of the passion, the good news of the resurrection of which we are already recipients and of which we are already disciples, May we know that the good news finds its way. I think about this passion, and I guess there's just, again, two pieces of this passion that always stand out for me, and stand out for me more today than ever before, and it's Simon of Cyrene. Simon of Cyrene, who's pulled into service to process with the Lord, to carry the cross. And I just think today of all the many, many people who are processing with us those who are helping us carry the cross, those beautiful Simons of Cyrene who walk with us, who send us texts and emails, who go to the store, those who we can talk to through windows or at a social distance, those who are helping us with our isolation and our fear and our suffering. In whatever way, God bless all of the Simon of Cyrenes who are there for us and those for whom we need to be there for them. The other image, too, is one that I've talked about before here at Old St. Pat's. And after the arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is led to Caiaphas' house. A year ago, this past February, I had the fourth opportunity to go with a group from St. Pat's to the Holy Land. And one of the places that for me is always so sacred, it's sobering, it's intimidating, and yet it's, it's, it's a thing of beauty, is to go to Caiaphas' house or at least what archaeologists and scholars-to-be is Caiaphas' house. And what we believe and what we didn't hear, but yet what is taught through tradition is that that's where Jesus spent the night. And when you go there today in Caiaphas' house, you go down a long circular staircase that they've created down into a pit. 
And that's where Jesus was held in the darkness. He was lowered by, uh, by a rope down into the pit. It was kind of a holding cell, if you will. And when you go down there today, there is a psalm from the book of Psalms, a psalm of lamentation. I can't remember what number it is, but it's a psalm of great lament. And maybe that's where we come up with the expression being in the pits. I suppose in many ways we feel like we're in the pits today. We feel like we're in the darkness. And we feel like we want to pray only the psalms of lamentation. But as we gather in this place and in our homes, as we are united today, let us remember the good news always finds its way. The good news of resurrection, the good news of glory will lift us from the pits. The good news walks with us. The good news, whether it's Easter Sunday or whether it's last week or next week or whatever it's going to be, the good news always finds its way into our hearts and into our homes. May we be those who bring that good news. May we be those who continue to bring that hope. May we be the Simons of Cyrene and continue to help each other. For we know that in the coming days, in the coming weeks, we'll continue to hear staggering numbers and we'll continue to hear news that will challenge us and scare us. But may the good news always trumpet. May the good news always be victorious. May the good news always bring us to Easter hope. It's our prayer. It is our procession. The procession is not halted. The procession always continues. Time now for announcements and events. It's Holy Week, and we have something for you almost every day this week. Today, Tuesday, April 7th, there will be a Reconciliation and Healing Prayer Service at 7 p.m. via live stream. On Thursday, April 9th, join us for our live stream of Holy Thursday Mass of the Lord's Supper, again at 7 p.m. For Good Friday, tune back into the podcast for our first installment of our new series called Currents, Awakening to the Flow of Spirit in Our Lives. And then at 3 p.m. on Friday, enjoy Stations of the Cross via live stream. On Saturday, April 11th, we invite you to revisit the recording of last year's Easter Vigil. And finally, on Easter Sunday, join Father Hurley and the Old St. Pat's Music Ministry in celebration at 10 a.m. via live stream. For all the details and the live stream links for each of these events, visit oldstpats.org and go to the section titled Holy Week 2020. Thank you for listening to the show this week. The homily was originally given at the 10 a.m. live stream Mass on Sunday, April 5th, 2020 by Father Tom Hurley. For more information, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. I'm Kate Anderson. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. <laughs>